0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Lauren Lester, the voice of Robin and Nightwing. And you're listening to the DCAU Review. Hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUreview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city, city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, prey on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of power. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland This that. He moves in darkness. For some he is a rumor, a name whispered in the corridors of the underworld waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You're crazy back. Back. Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The dark night. Here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu
1: welcome everybody to episode 229 of the dcau review i am one of your hosts cal and with me my good friend good brother the man that runs our twitter account that's right it's liam liam welcome to a new month here at the dcau review we're doing something a little bit different we talked about last week but uh yeah, I'm ready to ready to start out on this new venture with you. That's right, Cal. Uh, as we've discussed in the past, uh, we're we're running out of <laughs> we're running out of original episodes of DCAU shows to even though it feels like there's still a lot of Batman the animated series left, uh, you know, there is a finite amount when you do at least one episode review every single week. And that's not even including like two parters and stuff that come up across these shows. But we have this idea, especially with it being the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series this year, uh, that if we looked back to our earliest episodes of this show, uh, in fact, this week we'll be looking at uh, the same show we reviewed in episode one of our show, and we thought we maybe didn't give that episode really the full uh, once-over that it deserves, especially for it being such an iconic episode. We didn't really have our format nailed down at that point as far as how in-depth we went as far as making sure we're giving credit to writers and and directors and animation studios and things like that. So we thought, what if we went back to, in this case, the very first episode produced of Batman the Animated Series, that being on leather wings? But not only would we do that and sort of compare and contrast our original uh, review scores with it having seen it once again, but we've also a la the George Lucas 1997 special edition Star Wars re-release. We have CGI'd in a third person who is now going to give their review along with us, which will now make this the definitive episode. And if you ask us about the original review, we won't, we'll pretend we don't know it. We'll gaslight you about it. It never existed. <laughs> we're right. really following several Hollywood uh, <laughs> Hollywood tropes here at the special edition. Mm-hmm. We're also realizing we're running out of ideas and we just go back to That's what right. we did it's originally. <laughs> That's right. It's a reboot. We're relying on nostalgia. But yes, we do have a special guest with us this week. That's right. Our special guest correspondent returning to the show for the first time in a while uh, is one James Strecker, uh, one third of the Watchtower Database YouTube channel and one half of the Jump on the Batwagon <laughs> podcast, which, of course, you can hear on the Podtower YouTube channel along with our show every week. We have, as mentioned, the great James Str- Strecker returning to our show. Welcome back, James. Yeah.
2: Your bad friend, not brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy to be here. This is one of my favorite episodes of BTS. Uh, despite the fact that it's been a running gag on our Jump on the Batwagon podcast that Brian. Uh, does not understand how it was at my number one for so long, <laughs> although it, he having never seen any of that's the whole gimmick over there is he's never seen any of the shows, and uh, that was his second episode of anything DCAU that he saw, and so all he had to compare it to was Cat in the Claw Part One because we're going in air date order, so I understand why he does not remember it as good as it is because he's wrong and it's really good.
1: So. <laughs> uh yeah yeah well i it's interesting because i you know as we mentioned we reviewed this 228 episodes years ago, ago yes. and- it it was it was another lifetime ago it yeah. was half a decade ago we it was literally we started the podcast because it was the 25th anniversary of the batman the animated series oh. the 30th anniversary of batman <laughs> the animated series so we are all old first of all <laughs> second of all uh, yeah I w- looking back Liam and I before we uh, started the pod today looked at our original scores so we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through our review of the episode today but it's interesting looking at what we thought of the episode rewatching it again just a few moments ago before we started recording and then like w- do we agree with ourselves does it still hold up this- I'm
2: surprised you were able to go back and find those old scores Disney won't release that version anymore <laughs> I mean, you have the vhs collection still with the halves of your faces on the sides of, on the spines there that's right. that's pretty cool after yeah.
1: today they will be in the vault, the DC vault <laughs> yeah. forever yeah. forever we only
2: open that vault uh when we want more money that's right but that's <laughs> right. otherwise it's closed forever
1: that's right it's that's just gonna be our old reviews and song of the south just gonna be in there forever <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no Anyway, what do
2: you mean that is not a movie
1: <laughs> google that for you will you <laughs> All right, yes. Uh, so before we uh before we get started today, and I remember when we first had James on the podcast, this was his favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> he went out of his way to point out he was like, You know, this is crowdsourced. And we're like, Yes, we know this. Is <laughs> Anything yeah. you made us double down on <laughs>
2: what it. And you would you say I was here I not counting the discuss this league, what, 128 episodes ago Correct. or something like that yes. for initiation. Yep. And yeah, that the I pointed that out then. You're still doing it, you're still <laughs> you calling it the down. official IMD Synopsis. <laughs> we we
1: tripled down on that. We love it. We embrace it. Anything we emphasize, the word "official." That's and right. Even more.
2: Yeah. We used I think so. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> like,
1: this one's for James. That's right.
2: Yeah. So, now you have to add like extra word. The official, real, definitely the thing
1: done by the people who made the show
2: for the people.
1: Officially hmm. endorsed by Bruce Tim himself.
2: <laughs> I and mean, then it's so. just like Green Arrow shot the, the guy. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's All right right. we right we're so. gonna get the official imdb synopsis <laughs> for this week's episode which is uh on leather wings which originally aired back on fox kids here in the states uh, i always mm-hmm. say in the states because i assume that there was an international release for this show but maybe i don't know maybe there wasn't but here i the think states, there was
2: at least canada but yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. they had
1: fox kids was it something else was it like
2: it was fox whatever kids is in french i don't know there you go
1: <laughs> yeah so someone that's french tweet us tweet us and yeah and tweet james yes yes just
2: tweet the word james and i'll find it i'll know
1: (laughs) this aired originally on september the 6th 1992 which of course means we just passed the 30-year anniversary Mm -hmm. of this episode's original debut Absolutely. So this is the special edition official IMDB synopsis (laughs) for the episode on Leather Wings, which is written by Mitch Bryan, directed by Kevin Altieri, friend of the show, music by Shirley Walker, and with animation by Spectrum. And that synopsis reads as such, Batman finds himself tangling with a Jekyll and Hyde bat creature after it Mm -hmm. attacks a night watchman and the police wage a war on the dark night i get give that it's one. not, 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 bad, not bad. bad. Yeah, <laughs> Kind of like one big sentence, so it it's is. like he yeah. could use like a comma or a period in there somewhere. But... It's a bit of a run-on. But I like Night Watchman. That's good. Mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Not security guard, Night Watchman.
2: He was practicing for his like uh, radio audition or whatever, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. You too
0: can fulfill the dream of being a high-paid radio personality in your spare time, just like me. Just call... Just call the Gotham Institute of Broadcast Arts. Yeah, that's better. Call the Gotham Institute. (laughs)
1: some sort of scam school because he was like you could join the school just like me it's
2: like he was practicing his uh squarespace podcast ad read <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> way ahead of his time yeah. yep absolutely well that's a good segue into the intro of the episode as james said before. yeah we're introduced uh, actually the opening scene we get a uh, a shot that will become legendary throughout the dcau we're going to keep epilogue a secret because thank you here. What? I'm wearing
2: a yellow bat suit t-shirt there
1: you go. <laughs> Keep epilogue is- we secret. spoil epilogue on every episode james isn't on, oh good you don't spoil it when he's here <laughs> i
2: know every time i'm listening i'm like, it's
1: like shh, "Shh, quiet uh but yes that scene of course uh, is mirrored later on but uh we'll we'll talk about that on another episode but that's
2: not the part you don't ha- you don't spoil it's okay <laughs> just don't spoil the thing the, the big thing okay, okay. The right. Big thing. that's right yeah that the uh, thing appears from marvel comics it's crazy correct
1: <laughs> Boy. uh so we get uh, we get some blimps which is great to see yeah we get uh, some blimps flying through the sky really setting a tone for this this show grounded in that art deco future retro uh time period to be determined of when it is Geico, gecko yeah Correct. So we get uh, we get a guy who's startled by a uh, a creature that flies past the blimp. He's not mm-hmm. quite sure what it is. His co-pilot, which didn't know blimps had co-pilots, but makes sense. Uh, it's
2: blimp- uh, interesting choice to have Kevin Conroy as that guy. That that's actually like technically the first time you hear Kevin Conroy is that's blimp pilot number two or whatever. Should, yeah, yeah,
1: that should be listed number one on like the DC- <laughs> yeah, <and everything>. yeah. <laughs>
2: This is Gotham
0: Air One reporting in. Things are actually quiet for once. You see that? What? I had a blip. It just ghosted across my screen. I don't see anything. It was there. Whatever it is must be right below us. (gasps) There it is. There what is? It looked like... bat wings. Bat wings? Okay, take us up through those clouds, just in case sorry kid there's nothing up here i swear i saw it something was flying around up here
1: first first and foremost he is the uh the the blimp pilot number two here is
2: yeah <laughs> As biggest I, role yes is
1: that he and his co-pilot are sort of arguing about uh whether or not they actually saw something and then we get this you know cool shot of a silhouette of a bat creature sweeping through gotham city which we'll certainly talk more about when we get to our visuals in a little bit here but uh from there as as james mentioned we we see some night Watchman on uh, on the scene at a at a laboratory and as he's uh practicing his uh his radio pitch pitchman voice uh, a strange creature we don't really get a good look at it here although it is blatantly clear that it's not batman at least
3: Mm
1: -hmm. uh which is kind of an interesting way i think when we get into the 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 overarching plot of the episode of batman being sort of inadvertently framed for for man bat's rampage it's like well we the audience is that frustrating for an audience we'll we'll get to that i guess as we get to those parts of the episode but But from there, we uh, we established that there is uh, there's quite a bit going on and that the uh, that this bat creature has been terrorizing Gotham for some time now. Yeah, then we get uh, we get a meeting happening between the big three of Gotham. What's the big four? The big four of Gotham's (laughs) uh, leadership. We have uh, Mayor Hill. We have Commissioner Gordon, we have Harvey Bullock and we have Harvey Dent, the two Harvey's, (laughs) Uh, the the two Harvey's. And uh, basically at this point, they're so Harvey Bullock is so convinced that this is Batman, that he uh, he is begging for a specific strike force to be arranged. (laughs) By, by the police department. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, not on board, not on board with this idea. He thinks it's foolish. Uh, it feels like resources could be used other places. You know, when you have 500 murders a night in Gotham City, I, I don't disagree with him. Like, you know, there's some breaking and enterings and some stealing of pharmaceutical supplies. And you're, you want to create a strike force of, of a bunch of idiots with guns to go <laughs> take on Batman?
2: Well, we have to assume that gordon is like secretly sweating about like i can't tell them that i meet this guy in alleyways like every other night and i know it's not him he doesn't do this because i'll lose my job and uh i'm in the mayor's office right now <laughs> but It's just like i yeah we'll do whatever bullock but i don't We're care fine.
1: Yes, Harvey manages to convince the mayor uh, and uh, along with uh, with Harvey Dent's uh, agreement that he'll, as long as he has an airtight case, he'll prosecute Batman. That would have been a heck of an episode to see the trial of <laughs> right. Batman. The trial. I, oh, we do get yeah. that. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so we, uh, we then venture out and uh, we are introduced some additional characters, some supporting cast with Batman. I believe we see uh, Alfred in the Batcave. Not my Alfred, Alfred's twin brother.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's still Clive Revel right now. R- Alfred I, uh, Revel. Ra-
1: okay, yes, yeah. not, not Alfred, but uh, we we learned that the, about this breaking and entering, and that Batman is going to investigate to see what mm-hmm. just what's going on. Can I just say, I think, I, obviously, as we know, as James mentioned, this is not the first episode that aired on mm-hmm. television, so you can kind of excuse it in that sense. But thinking of this as a pilot episode for a series the first time we see Batman in it's Batman a newspaper. The <laughs>
3: yeah. it's like
1: cross-legged in his yeah. chair reading the newspaper <laughs> quipping with Alfred like it's a very low key intro to our big you know our big time main event hero in being introduced here that, that's right
0: Gotham police declare war on Batman I gather you've been reading how to make friends and influence people Somebody's setting me up. My heavens. You mean it wasn't you tossing guards out of windows last night? I only tossed butlers, Alfred. Look here. There were two very quiet burglaries at other pharmaceutical companies this week. Nobody hurt like last night. But chemicals stolen just the same. And you suspect a pattern? Only one way to find out. I'll cancel Master Bruce's rendezvous with, the uh, Bambi, was it, sir? Yes, Alfred. Do that
1: yeah it is it is and it doesn't quite fit the tone of what you would expect batman for the rest of the series you know he's the the dark gruff hero but you're introduced to him sitting there reading a newspaper (laughs) and joking like that feels like it belongs in the 60s like that's batman 66 more so i wonder maybe if they were concerned about introducing it right off the bat even though burton's batman had been around for three years so this
2: episode picks up five minutes after uh, batman was talking to his multiverse selves about toilet paper and coke and stuff so that's that's what's going on it's why he seems a little bit out of sorts Yeah.
1: makes sense there you go yeah. that's a good that's a good fandom reference
2: right <laughs> yeah <here>. thank you <laughs>
1: may, it, may it rest in peace um yes yeah, so we we get uh, we get a little bit of uh we get a little bit of interesting batman i'm gonna go investigate this and then he what do you know he does he heads to the scene of the crime and uh we get this weird shot of a young couple that is like I don't know what they're up to, but they're not up to anything that they could show on children's television. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having they're both having affairs, right? They're both married to other people. That's too, I'm that's, sure, been, yeah. that's, that's in my head, That's the that intimation scene. for sure. So and then a
2: demon flies by the window and they go like, <laughs> okay, we're really not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> I, I imagine
1: that might kill the mood a little bit. <laughs> uh, ironically, they say that they have to call the police once they hear this loud crash and noise and see this thing fly by the window. And uh, there's a police officer literally standing feet away from them uh, <laughs> at this point. So they, uh, I guess, go to call the police. Somehow that call gets routed enough to to Bullock and his strike force. So they're en route. Batman, meanwhile, is doing his investigation with James, the red goggles, bat <laughs> <that> yeah. goggles, <laughs> with with uh with the uh, spray liam pointed out uh, as we were watching this that this is uh, reminiscent of the the action figure that later came out the first new batman adventures figure i don't know if you remember oh that. yes crime solver yeah, batman. The crime batman.
2: solver stuff yeah it yeah with,
1: like this little red lens that you held over these little red dots yes, on the yes. packaging, and you could like see little tiny hidden pictures Compl-
2: yeah it came with the night striker batmobile and all go. sorts exactly. of stuff yeah yeah i remember
1: but but this is the only episode if i'm not mistaken that <laughs> This little gas I, goggles, really. I
2: feel like he uses it like one other time, but I could not tell you what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that it's not memorable enough, yeah. <laughs> but
1: it solves it's it's it solves all of his problems for him. Yeah, so it's, it yeah, makes sense. It's
2: it's the equivalent of the Arkham like vision thing oh, that yeah. you go into, of just like. Hey, eyeballs, can you tell me where all the clues are? That would be great. <laughs> oh, the clues still... <laughs> are all the things
1: highlighted in orange? Yeah, the clues right. are the
2: things, yeah, that I need to I look at. I am the greatest
1: detective. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, precisely. So he manages to catch not only a, a, a hair that was left behind by the forensics team, but also a giant audio tape. This uh, yeah, which somehow was missed under the desk by the <laughs> the, uh, the gumshoe detectives of, mm-hmm. of Gotham mm-hmm. PD. But uh, yeah so Batman collects this evidence but is interrupted of course by one of my favorite additions to the to the DCAU and that is the Strike Force team. The the men as they it happens
2: anytime, in Phantasm too it never gets old. <laughs> anytime
1: there's a, this this Strike Force team or then later on in the DCAU I think in uh, the Metropolis Strike Force yes. team essentially. Yes. They do that too. <laughs> they do that and they're are constantly throwing things like grenades into flammable rooms and creating <laughs> yeah. situations where they are just so they're like ask questions later we're just going yeah, to yeah. blow things up we don't care we don't read we don't do any of that stuff we're just we'll throw smoke grenades and hope for the best also should be yeah. mentioned there's a guy, one of their guys is in the room with Batman when they throw
2: <laughs> right <grenades> yeah
1: and <laughs> But so, Batman
2: told him to shh, so they don't know he's there. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so yeah, so there's a there's a giant explosion. Batman, of course, pulls the uh the SWAT his one SWAT guy to safety. I assume the other ones are dead. <laughs> we never see them again. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but we I love
2: to- the little uh, when he lands on the ground. Uh, this is animation, I guess. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the when he lands on the ground, he does his really quick little. <laughs> his little head move, uh-huh. <laughs> look side to side, like yeah, you're surrounded by police and cars and fire. Like, what are you looking for? Get out of there! <laughs> if they're all not right not there. We bad. know. He yeah, straight, <laughs> straight, <laughs> gentle, <laughs> then he, yeah, he just runs forward. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he's hiding behind the tree that he swung out on.
2: <laughs> yeah, Batman's
1: a Milford man. I
2: can see you, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope, you can't. That's
1: good. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, that uh, that creates our uh, our our continued thing as Batman sort of does some some more detective work and decides he needs to call in an expert, and so he goes to where else would you go for a forensic investigation but the zoo? Uh, <laughs> and naturally, he goes to the bat experts uh, on on staff at the zoo, including uh, Doctor March and Kirk and Francine Langstrom who uh of course Dr. March who is who was set up to be our red herring here is just mm-hmm. the most evil like and we'll yeah. again we'll talk this is also getting into visuals but he just looks like like the, uh Dr. Frankenstein's lab assistant like yeah. he's just hunched yeah. over and like yeah he's got, yeah, no he's no got evil
2: eyes yeah
1: yes and he's constantly like stink eyeing everyone in the room and 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 of course, it's giving giving Bruce Wayne this grand speech about how bats are the next uh, true high evolutionary being and and how, uh, you know, if if humans want to survive, we have to look to bats. Hello? Anybody here? Dr.
0: Marge? Who is it? Bruce Wayne. I have an appointment. I called about a bat problem. What do you think we are? Pest control? Why, just needs. Yes, yes, come in. Why, thank you, Doctor. You donate a few million and you think you own the place. I understand I'm to analyze something for you? Yeah, Doc. See, I keep hearing squeaks in my chimney, and I found these in my empty fireplace. They look like hares. I thought maybe you could tell me if I have a bat problem. And what if they are bats, Mr. Wayne? What then? Destroy them like insects? We won't survive the next evolutionary cataclysm,
1: but bats will. They're survivors, Mr. Wayne, not pests. You should understand that kind of like if you watch the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie and there's that scene where he goes into the lab and he's like hey Dr. Oh, Connors yeah. can you help me kill a lizard and he and Dr. Connors has like scales on his neck and he's like why would you <laughs> want to kill a lizard <laughs> and then it takes it still takes Peter like another half hour movie time to figure out that that guy is the lizard
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but, it's, but th- in this case it actually is a red herring as uh, as we'll come to find out but uh yes he uh Bruce turns over the all of his evidence. We'll assume maybe he made copies, but... Uh, he fed the sounds into the Bat computer because he has true. the recording from the... His- <laughs> yeah. It has this creature sound that uh he's unsure of exactly what it is feeds Mm -hmm. it into the bat computer makes a copy it's just the sound too if you remember he doesn't have the uh the guy doing the radio voice that's true yeah that's what
2: that's what i've always thought is funny is that he gives the the tape did he make a copy of the tape that's only the bat sounds or did he give the whole tape to him and then he rewinds (laughs) it to the start and starts and he's like what is this welcome (laughs) back to the (laughs) family sorry i think you have a human in your chimney i think there's a guy up there <laughs> <That's a> guy. <laughs> practicing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> weird sounds but yeah that's uh that's so that's our, our impetus there is as as uh, as, <laughs> as uh as batman then returns to the bat cave and is is informed after some more quipping with alfred that uh that uh, dr march is on the phone who tells him that he just has not to worry it's just regular old brown bats that are fighting with some birds in in the starlings. T- yeah, that's right, starlings over uh, over a nest, and there's nothing to worry about. They'll they'll go away, and of course, Batman <laughs> is is very aware that he's uh, that he's not being uh, told the truth there, as he had already cross-referenced all of those sounds with known animal sounds. And uh, it
2: is weird since Doctor March isn't Man Bat that he's just making up uh, like mm-hmm. bullshit excuse like, he's not, like he he should be like i've never heard this before this is amazing i need to come study these bats or whatever so that means he's either aware of man bat and is trying to hide it but it doesn't seem like later that he is so it's i don't know it doesn't really make any sense yeah i was gonna say have
1: you i i, I can't remember have you guys done terror in the sky yet
2: Yes, yes. Because okay,
1: I know he he's like involved in the plot where Francine ends. Right, up.
2: I guess that's true. Yeah, but it's he, not he's... clear
1: if he knew about it the whole time or if he only learned about it once. It was yeah, Kirk, yeah, the guy. I guess so. Maybe it's possible that he was running interference for Kirk, and that's just not really. Touched upon. Yeah,
2: there. I guess. But, but it's, it seemed like it, I don't know. I, I, I'm I keep keep describing the episode. <laughs> We're so, almost there.
1: Rabbit hole that we could. have yeah, uh, yeah. Down is it's it's the, the the meme of the Riddler. Does he know? Or
2: not? <laughs> but, yeah, it is. So yes, Doctor Mark. <laughs> does, uh, does, does he know? does not. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> that might be the thumbnail for the for uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> so good. Yes, uh, but but yes as we then get a after batman's bat computer manages to uh to to decipher that it's neither of these animals after he (laughs) cross-references the the sounds i would love to be able to cross-reference sounds on my like hey google can you cross-reference sounds for me please uh, so he, uh, he manages to do that and, uh, determines that for some reason, Dr. March is lying. And it's interesting because I, I don't think until this watch I ever connected that Batman didn't have any sort of suspicion. So it's all happenstance that he went to the bat expert at the zoo
2: who yeah. happened
1: to be connected to the guy <laughs> yeah. who is man bat. Yeah.
2: There's- oh, that's my son-in-law actually. I'm glad you're here. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's fighting with starlings in your chimney. Yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll, he like he he hates starlings. I'm sorry. I'll tell him to keep it down.
1: Don't worry. He'll move on <laughs> so yeah, so Batman Batman at this point determines that uh, he he just went there for expertise, and then now realizes that they're sort of lying for some reason. So he shows up uh, at the at the lab to do some more uh, detective work. And he's uh. Before this, we get a scene of just a hand burning some evidence. It's very suspicious. Mm-hmm. We don't know who it is. You only see a hand. You, there's a bat in a cage. The bat screeches, and we go to commercial break. Uh, but when we come back, Batman is doing his investigation. We find out. Uh, that uh, he's interrupted not by Dr. March but by Dr. Langstrom, Kirk Langstrom that is and uh, so Batman uh, has stumbled upon some pharmaceutical uh, pills or something that uh, were clearly stolen from the pharmacy from the opening scene mm-hmm. uh, so he is there to, uh, to accuse Dr. March and believes he's cracked the code but uh, to this point Kirk, uh, Kirk begins to tell the truth as to what is actually going on
0: Who's back there? You. I'm looking for Dr. March. He's not here, Batman. Where is he? Giving a lecture on human extinction and bat evolution. He's really quite brilliant. He's misguided and a thief. He's just a theorist. He was afraid to put it to the test, but I wasn't. I knew we'd discovered a formula to create a totally new species, neither man nor bat. And once I started taking it, I couldn't stop. I desperately wanted to, but it took over. Francine and March tried to protect me, but it was too late. The beast knew what chemicals were needed to bring itself about. It was out of my control, and it only needs one more component to complete the process. It's in me, Batman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is definitely a sequence we will, I'm sure, discuss a great deal in, when we get to visuals. But yes, there's a fantastic transformation there, as Kirk Langston kind of gives this grand speech about how it's all Dr. March's theories that led to this uh, man-bat serum, but he was too much of a coward to to see it through to its true potential. And and now it's become an addiction, and, and, and Langstrom, you know, he can't control it, and he needs this formula to, to survive and to live on. And so he does this really dramatic and incredible transformation into our first, we're, we're like 17 minutes into a 22 minute cartoon. And we're just now seeing our villain in full for the first time. It's a really, again, for a pilot episode of a kid's cartoon, pretty pretty ballsy choice, I think, to wait that long. But it pays mm-hmm. off because it's so incredible as we'll talk about. But from there we get a, a grand chase sequence. Uh, actually first, Man-Bat is, uh, is sort of attacking Batman and kind of has him dead to rights. Man, Bat's go-to move, his signature move, where this pro wrestling is a desk. (laughs) That's his weapon of choice. That's his steel chair. Uh, uh, He throws a desk. Give him the
2: desk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he uh, he overturns another desk on Batman. Is and looks like he has Batman dead to rights. But then, of course, his wife Francine walks into the room, and then we see that there is some part of Kirk still in the mind of this monster as it. Looks incredibly ashamed, and then flies out the window. And Batman attaches the grappling hook to his foot, and is sort of pulled out from under the desk and through a window, and off into the skies. We go for our final big action sequence. There, as Man Bat flies all the way around Gotham City, including pla- past those same uh, blimp pilots from earlier, who are now uh, made clear, and at uh, the same that uh, that in fact there was not one but two Bat creatures. And, uh, as we, batman's face is plastered yeah. to the side of the, of the blimp yes it's a great bit there as it seems like maybe the first blimp pilot is still not gonna believe <laughs> the second one until batman is literally smashed against his windshield but uh <laughs> but we do that and we also cut back to the uh, police headquarters where gordon is uh alerting bullock that he's he's done dealing with his with his bs and is gonna it's going to go solve this crime once and for all. And, and, and Bullock sort of goes with Gordon. And so it feels like it's just there so that both Gordon and Bullock are witness to the fact that it definitely couldn't have been Batman doing this because there's the second Bat creature on the loose. But we, we show them in, arriving in the helicopter as well as the, the uh, chase continues as Batman's holding on for dear life. Finally, after some very brief fisticuffs, once they kind of come into full contact, Batman's able to knock Man-Bat out and we get maybe the only blood of this first season on Batman's uh, on Batman's face as he's uh, he's much worse for wear. Yeah. And he uh, he sort of walks off with Man-Bat over his shoulder <laughs> into the darkness and the cops just let him go. Say like daring somebody to stop yeah. him. <laughs> I yeah. have this massive creature <laughs> over my shoulder come fight <laughs> Very strong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: please come yeah me. batman batman has like incredible single arm strength in this show there's <laughs> rupert Thorne and some other like huge guy in some other episode but he's just holding under one arm while sprinting and we're like how <laughs> like, oh my god so yeah he yeah, just flings man back movie. casually over his shoulder he's yeah. the
1: forgotten guy that he lifts like, he's like one arm yeah yeah boss biggest like, <laughs> yeah On yeah path. Yep. yeah incredible. yes <laughs> incredible one arm strength i love that uh, but yes, we, uh, triceps
2: are huge. Yeah. <laughs> the bat triceps
1: <laughs> Just call, you could just call it a tricep. You <laughs> don't have to call it that. No. Nah,
2: nah.
1: uh, but yeah, but, uh, we do get a sort of a, uh, a a final scene here as Batman arrives back at the zoo uh, with Kirk Langstrom in tow. Well, he's wrapped up and uh, he's revealed to. To Francine that uh, the, the nightmare is over for now, as we get sort of a, uh, a cliffhanger to be continued um, for for this but I uh, guess Kirk has been cured he's not going to turn into the monster anymore at this point and uh, end scene for this up epi- for mm-hmm. for this entire episode so we've talked a lot let's throw it over to James James uh, overall thoughts on the episode as a whole. I know you guys uh, covered this on uh, on on the uh, jump on the the bat wagon not not too long ago. Uh, yeah, so, about a
2: year now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so more recent than us. But yeah, much uh, yeah.
1: But we, I think we talked about uh, before we went on the air. You you know, this is one of was or has been one of your favorite episodes of all time of yeah all time. Uh, so do you feel like? as many times as you've seen it in the last several years does it still hold up we're now 30 years past the time that this originally debuted uh, and so many people looked at this and were like man this is incredible but you've also reviewed a whole bunch of other episodes on on the batwagon now at this point to compare it to and say eh, maybe this isn't as as should be as revered as 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 it is
2: no i definitely still think this is one of the best episodes of the whole franchise like the the whole universe DCAU. like the it's not it's not up there with like the cadmus arc or return of the joker or mask of the phantasm or or all these like amazing full package deals like the story isn't the most incredible thing you've ever seen or anything like that but it's just to me it's like this really really good example of if I if I'm going to show someone one episode of Batman the animated series to get them interested, I usually would choose like I would hypothetically choose this one. I've never actually been in that situation, <laughs> but I would hypothetically choose because it, it's like I always feel like that this the tone of this episode is like what they were striving for with the show and they only hit it a handful of times. Uh the you, you always hear about the, you know, all the Backgrounds were airbrushed onto black paper and that kind of thing. This episode is like one of the darkest visually episodes. Yeah. And yet you can still like see just enough of what's going on. It, it, I think to me it's like the perfect um like what they were going for with that aesthetic of you just see enough and everything else is such in shadow that your mind is left to recreate the rest of it. And like some other episodes get that, but a lot of them are are just like the aesthetic just happens to be. On black paper and then everything just kind of you do you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it do, it's not as atmospheric i guess and right. and this mm-hmm. one is just it's a very it, horror movie inspired it's very uh you know actually kind of creepy at times like especially that transformation of man bat like mm-hmm. that's an, a beautiful moment um that i'm sure we'll get into and and then uh the, the music, I'm pretty sure this is a Shirley Walker uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's also like, there's nothing, again, I don't think there's any like standout like, oh, I listened to this track over and over or anything. But it's again, just the like, nailing that half Danny Elfman, half original style combination mm-hmm. uh, that is this show. And so there's just so much going for this episode that is like, this is what Batman the Animated Series is supposed to be. And I think, uh, and I think this is the one that Kevin Conroy talks a lot about him and Mark Hamill, like seeing an example of him going like, did you know we were making this? This is <laughs> spectacular. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love this episode. Uh, it's always going to be on my top, uh, picks, it'll be hard to knock it off of my top, like everything dcau like i wonder if we'll get to that point it's been my number one on the b test list the whole podcast up until we finally just watched robin's reckoning and that usurped it for me uh it's just a a great episode obviously but yeah uh, yeah, i can't get enough of on leather wings at any time i didn't watch it today in preparation for this but i have seen it recently enough and i've seen it so many times that it's that i'm like i got it i love this
1: (laughs) absolutely So as far as the plot of the episode goes, Mm -hmm. it's for me. My original score was a six out of ten when we reviewed it back in on episode one. Mm -hmm. So I I say that I would probably stick to a similar score just because I think it it is there is enough mystery to it uh, with the who is you know who is Man Bat you know Mm -hmm. is it I like the red herring is good. It's sort of spoiled on a second, third, fifth thousand watch but it's still it's still good um but i i I don't know like the the action the action sequence like the action that takes place is really in that chase scene which in my head is always that's like a five minute scene but it really isn't it's no yeah (laughs) it's a pretty quick scene (laughs) yeah um so most of your action then takes place in that original like that opening scene with him jumping the the night watchman and then you have uh, you have a little bit of action that takes takes place with the SWAT guys with the explosion, but then your action is limited to this brief little flight, which is beautiful to watch. We'll talk about the visuals, but mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of action that occurs there. Man back crash lands, and that's kind of the end of it. So you don't have a whole lot of action that takes place. It's a good story, it's interesting, but I don't think as far as the stories told from from Batman the Animated Series, I still think that there are there are ones that I would yeah. get higher scores to. So my score would be a I think I'd stick with a six out of ten for this. I think my original score for this one was a five out of ten. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I I think I'd gum up a little bit. I think I'd do a six or seven now. Um Just because of everything we talked about. I think watching it this time, again, from the plot standpoint, it's structured very well as far as like it again, like a phrase you hear a lot if you if you're big nerds like us and have watched all these special features. You hear like mini movies as a phrase of how they approached every single episode as its own little thing. And this one feels like it has this really sort of ominous opening with, you know, with manbat swooping around the city and then this you know off-screen creature attacking this this you know hapless night watchman and and batman's on the case and he's any he, and you know you get the 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 false accusation from the cops and he's kind of put into conflict with them a little bit and then i love the commercial break too where they they do this like sneaky reveal where they just show the hands burning it, and they like let, make you wait for the commercial to find out <laughs> yeah. the person. Mm-hmm. So that feels like a second act reveal, like in a horror movie, like James mentioned, where you kind of get you get some clues as to who it is, or that somebody is aware of what's going on, but you still don't quite know who the identity of the, right. of, the of the main villain is. Yeah, so I think the pacing is a lot better than I probably gave it credit before uh, five years ago, but. Like Cal and I said, we're not we're not really redoing our scores officially. We're going to stand with our originals, good or bad. But thankfully, as we've said, since we have our, our third gentleman CGI, <laughs> James gets to give his new official scores since this is his first time reviewing it with us. So Am I on. actually
2: changing up the average by <laughs> by, by existing here? <laughs> if this podcast ever ends, it will take
1: years to figure out four yeah. averages. So when you guys <laughs>
2: get through the, the like get through every episode actually, then just do them all a, a third time <laughs> 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 with four guests. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. <laughs> I'm just really glad that we don't do. We have a you know different enough format on Jump on the Batwagon that we don't we haven't done like individual scores for these things so because I don't remember our full discussion on this episode so I would have had to like re-listen and like what did I give this so I'm not like contradicting myself or but I think I'll give this story a seven uh, I I agree with all of your points and I I think my only other thing to add is just that uh i do really like the red herring thing where especially showing brian my uh, friend on the other podcast this stuff for the first time is it's i i don't remember if he felt this way or if we really talked about it but i feel like at least for like a first time viewer gives you a sense of like oh oh so it's obviously this like cartoonish bad guy is the bad guy like I, duh, And then when it's not that guy, then it's like, oh, okay. So this show is smarter than I gave it credit for a, mm-hmm. a few minutes ago or whatever. So right. I, I appreciate that about it. I also just appreciate that when we do find out who the bad guy actually is, then he becomes very cartoonish bad guys, mm-hmm. mustache twirling if he had one right. where he, he just looks so, so much more like, ha ha, I'm actually the man bat, you idiot. I'm so evil now. <laughs> yeah. And compared to the rest of it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is, it is like I said before, it's not like the strongest story of all these episodes and shows, but it is still pretty high up there on uh, expectation versus reality or whatever for this show, I think.
1: Very good. All right. Well, let's move on to our next category then. That's going to be animation and visuals. Liam, I believe... The, the best
2: part of this episode.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. The uh, the animation studio responsible. This is a Spectrum production. It is. Uh, so that's great. And a friend of the show, Kevin Altieri, as the director. That's right. So You guys
2: get to say Kevin Altieri is your friend. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, you're just stuck
1: <laughs> with Dan Riva and Richie <laughs> and Susan <laughs> Eisenberg. <Right>. And- Ty <laughs> Templeton. <laughs> all those on your, on your guys yeah,
2: Come it's on. never enough Come on. i need i need more i need the souls <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah so, feed me so, uh, altieri mr altieri responsible for this episode so uh yeah it's, it's it's certainly as we've mentioned it's a very dark episode now james i don't know if you know this tidbit we were discussing mm-hmm. it as i was watching it Um, or the why behind it. But there are multiple scenes in this episode. You sort of alluded to it with how the episode looks. There's multiple scenes in this episode where the edges are like, have a vignette style Mm -hmm. filter on them. Why? Why is the why? Like just to make it, was that intentional? Was that-
2: Oh, are you saying, I thought you were going to tell me you know the answer. No, I, I No, I don't know the answer either. They do it in Phantasm also. I feel like it's just some like a stylistic choice of- so someone someone must have really liked to do that or something it definitely like it works sometimes and other times i remember being a kid and watching phantasm and they're in the car talking uh, it's arthur reeves and old guy uh oh my god salvatore velestra Steve, was- and yeah and there's just like yeah 45 degree angle black bars around them everywhere and i'm like okay This is a Phantasm POV shot. Phantasm is looking through some sort of weird binoculars Mm -hmm. or somewhere. But no, it's just like, it's just part of the visuals. And that happens a lot in this episode, too. And, I, I don't know, I, I think it's cool, but it does sometimes stand out as awkward a little bit, uh, like maybe they're experimenting with it and it didn't quite turn out the way they wanted or something. Agreed. And I have to wonder if that's just some guy holding a black piece of construction paper like <laughs> just off screen or <laughs> so. like just, okay, we just need you to hold that there while we scan 700 frames. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah how did they how how on earth did they do that at this time i was gonna say yeah to your point there like i think it's great for that man bat reveal mm-hmm. yeah because like, it's almost like you're still not really seeing all of his face and then he kind of as he hunches down you see more mm-hmm. of that of that design and it looks even more kind of ominous so there's also a shot i think of like bullock in the police car on his radio yeah where like, yeah maybe we don't need it here yeah. but,
2: but <laughs> yeah, when it's were- in a when it's in a car it makes me feel claustrophobic i think that's mm-hmm. the problem yeah <laughs>
1: There's also a weird, like the shot where Bruce is walking. The first time he meets Dr. March in the zoo and they're Mm -hmm. in the cave. Yeah. I, if you would use it on the Batcave shots, like the Batcave was almost too bright, I feel like, <laughs> uh-huh. in episode compared to what you see later mm-hmm. in the later in the series. Also, the Batcave looks completely different. Have you guys done a video on <laughs> Batcaves?
2: We, I, it's on my list. It legitimately okay. is to do a yeah. What, where is everything in the Batcave, and what is what all is in the trophy room and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, not yet, but to... I, it's been in, on my mind. <laughs> Watchtower database. As and... soon, I don't know.
1: <laughs> ish Uh, after zeta month zeta month everybody sorry
3: guys
1: (laughs) Uh, but yeah so that was the one i mean there were a couple things we could talk about there's going to be one main thing that we talk about but as far as visuals things that i probably didn't mention on our our first review uh yeah that that vignette like filter is kind of strange um and and does work in some places doesn't work in other places. Um, I do I do love the the man bat kind of reveal Uh, obviously the the transformation and the the flight scene are this are like the heavy hitters for this episode and it's amazing to me still 30 years later knowing what limitations they had in technology at the time how good like how how good that looks like maybe not the first initial like the initial sort of like transformation from man to like bat where he's kind of like standing there the initial one like holding the vial or whatever
3: mm-hmm. well,
1: maybe not not super strong because it sort of it fades into each other so you could see where there's a bit more limitation but like when they get that up sh- close shot of his mouth and his teeth change yeah and then like you finally get the full reveal of him as this bat creature man so good and and even prior to that as he's walking past and he sort of gets distorted by those different (laughs) miles and chemicals Mm -hmm. and stuff like that i don't know why but whatever for whatever reason that scene always got me was like man that looks so cool like just the way that Mm -hmm. they they chose to show his reflection in there but uh i feel like that scene and the the chasing are the ones that we're all going to talk about so if there was anything else that we have to talk about that stood out i'm i'm happy to discuss it now before we get into it I think my my thought was just again the opening with the with the two guys in the blimp like it's there's no music right away mm-hmm. uh, other than I mean you get the music over the opening and then it kind of lays out once the title card fades and it's just these two guys sitting in a thing and then they're kind of kind of t- chatting and then uh, one of the pilots says take her above the clouds and just like you see like the clouds oh, part yeah, as yeah. the blimp is going through the clouds i always love that i'm always a big fan of like when it's a like a painted into the background vehicle and just like whatever the motion portion of it is is moving so mm-hmm. for the blimp it's mostly painted in the background and then you're just kind of moving the or you're just animating the propellers they or do whatever. that a couple of times they do that with the batmobile there's a batmobile scene and then there's a scene with the i think the police you yeah, have the troop troop transport transport, transport yeah you get a couple of those shots which I did notice there was a little bit more static imagery where later on you would probably see vehicles animated uh, in, those, in those cases. So I don't know if that was a choice to give the homage to the Fleischer era of where you would see more of mm-hmm. that stuff, or if it was a budgetary thing where they're just like, hey, we're going to use these static images and animate the background so we can use them again if we need to or, or whatever. But it was a little bit of a different feel with the vehicles and the way mm-hmm. that the, 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 they looked yeah and then i think well, i mean we've already i'm sure as we have definitely talked about the swat team a lot in our first in our first <laughs> review because they're so great but <laughs> the main swat guy has like really detailed teeth i guess because because yeah. they get the close-up of him biting down on the pin of the uh, <laughs> right. smoke grenade or whatever but he's just like nobody else in in this entire series ever has like where you can see all of their individuals except teeth. the joker
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> just him. maybe but, this was that guy movie. was the joker yeah <laughs> there's a fan joker's theory. origin story in the dcu <laughs> take that reddit
1: that's right there's a fan theory to run with but yeah i think I, I think that sequence is kind of fun you already kind of mentioned it James, but just that little sequence of batman taking the the one swat guy out of the building yeah kind of like darting all around huh? Huh? running off and then we cut back to the SWAT guy who kind of looks at him for a second and then faints like there's a there's a good build as, yeah. as serious as we're trying to take the, all of this source material like there's a few little quirky bits of like physical comedy in this I yeah think, or like this or like a bullet trying to jump into the helicopter near the <laughs> end there oh, yeah. as, as it's taking off like like it's fun that they you know they remembered that ultimately this is still like a you know a family show and something that like kids need to be able to uh, you know <laughs> access yeah and, uh, and there's some kind of fun quirky physical comedy mixed in with all of our, our more serious superhero action but yeah i mean obviously let's talk about <laughs> one of the most beautiful pieces of animation maybe in any again in any of these shows that we've ever reviewed cal and i think probably in if i, I don't want to speak for james but most in most of what he's reviewed so far and and jump on the batwagon it's like just the 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 long like sort the of long continuous shots and the way the camera moves around and yeah. it sweeps I mean the the famous shot that's like it's like gifs and everything like I think if you google that in the animated series gif it'll be in there of it's like man bat flies over the uh, the blimp and you kind of get this close up and it follows him and then it kind of cuts back all the way down the line of the rope and then you see batman kind of spinning around in circles and the cape flowing in the wind and everything as it as it were yeah, I past.
2: i use that clip in our videos any chance i get because it is one of my favorite shots of everything ever is yeah that the whole just like almost 3d like swooping around the blimp and everything the only thing that i have a problem with in that shot and of course this is just a these shows were never meant to be seen on a blu-ray uh <laughs> problem uh, is like the very lat, the very end of the shot is you know after all of this uh motion has been happening there's like it takes a breath to just show the city as they're zooming out into the distance but the way this they're like trying to do like a z-axis like horizon moving thing and it's, the city is just like lifting off the ground awkwardly <laughs> but you never would have seen that on tv how dark it was and all that stuff is just like one of those things are like now you can see that and i'm sure they're like oh great yeah
1: props <laughs> yeah 4k props uh yeah, but it's it's a beautiful shot. Even prior to that as Batman, they go over the moon, the, the like in yes. the silhouettes in front of the moon, mm-hmm. man back. Yeah, there's like up. an
2: actual like mask cut out of the moon to where anything that goes in front of it turns black, which I did also <laughs> didn't notice till you have the Blu-ray or whatever where like it's not just your eyeballs adjusting to it, it's like they're doing that as if the camera like can't you know, see the detail in front of the moon or whatever. It, I don't know. It's just a really like cool idea that who would have thought to do that, you know?
1: Yeah. When, when you really consider the, the time frame that this was done, I mean, that's why I, I mean, when people talk about the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons, that is yeah. a huge part of it is like looking back at what they had readily available as far as technology at the time and recognizing like, man, these things are really beautiful for being made in 1940. Oh yeah it was they still look great yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. like these still hold up really really well and then you think you, you factor in wow this all was hand-drawn animation this was yeah. all done by hand and <laughs> it still came out that beautiful and still looks uh, like it was done digitally 30 years later um especially the the blimp the part on the blimp the, you know the the, POV yeah. the, blimp
2: the the digital effects i've always felt like are uh, you guys have talked about this in some of your like justice league reviews and stuff like when they do like a a cgi vehicle or something like that awesome. where it's just yeah where it's just like it's it's the jurassic park like they didn't stop to think if they should kind of a thing because <laughs> it they it definitely i'm i'm sure as soon as stuff you know they used after effects for a lot of the uh energy and and, and uh other sort of like lighting effects and things like that on the later digitally colored shows and you can tell that they were like oh yeah awesome like this version this way to do it is gonna save us hours and hours and i can't imagine any reason why you wouldn't do that in that situation but then just going back and watching like you're talking about the man bat transformation is kind of has the like overlapping frames where you see like half transparency between them as he's shifting between forms and all this stuff and even though I can just watch that and tell you exactly how they did it versus maybe some of the digital effects, I'm like, I don't know, computers, it still <laughs> looks really cool. And it's like, I'm sure that took a really long time. Same with like the clay face stuff at the end of Feet of Clay where he's swirling around all that stuff. Yeah. It, but it and I'm sure it, it's it was so, so tedious and terrible and everyone lost sleep and lost wives and husbands and stuff you know (laughs) over that stuff but just looking back on it it's so beautiful and and i think one of my favorite parts of this episode visually weirdly enough um of course this final like eight minutes or whatever are, are probably not even that like five or something are like what everyone remembers of this episode but like uh early on in in mayor hill's office my wife and I have just been watching through Daredevil again, and we keep making jokes of like, do these people not know how to turn lights on? Like, there's just every room is so dark. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it's, you know, just to set the mood and that kind of stuff. And it's not being like completely practical. That same kind of thing happens in Mayor Hill's office where there's just no lights on. It's just like the light coming through the window and that's it. And it's like middle of the day. Like, why, why would they just not be... But Harvey Dent in his armchair in the back of the room flipping his coin, and you can barely see him, and like that's the coolest looking thing, and especially when you watch the Two Face episodes later, uh, like the his the the ones called Two Face he explains that like the only time he's ever flipping the coin is when he's in like big bad Harv mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like you have to assume that that's who he is in that scene also. So it's just all this stuff. And, you know, if you know Two-Face, you obviously know who he's going to become and that kind of stuff. So I feel like that scene kind of sets you up for what you'll be viewing later, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a fun bit of like uh, of <clears throat> visual continuity i guess yeah you don't this guy isn't i i don't know where in the episode order or the, the viewing or the uh, television order where 2 Face mm-hmm. came after this one but like it's a little bit down the ways in the production yeah. order at least so it's like you're setting this up it's literally he has one line like he doesn't yeah. have to be in this nor does he have to but you're setting up that this is somebody and the and the, the way they show him off like you said just the shot of the hand flipping the coin and then you cut to him like entirely in shadow and he's just this weird guy sitting in the corner of the mayor's office you're like okay this is somebody like if you knew nothing about batman you're like that guy's gonna come back
2: later the the only weird part about that is that brian wasn't brian doesn't know like this kind of stuff at all so when we're watching he actually thought when we saw kirk langstrom later that that's who that was in that room Uh... because they (laughs) both have kind of like longer cheekboney faces Mm -hmm. and and similar hair and that kind of stuff and so we, we were discussing the episode afterward, and he's like, "Oh, that's not that wasn't who that was." I'm like, "No, why would you?" Oh, because yeah. So <laughs> funny, but it's the still EA's it's still yeah yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't you know coin flipping guy <laughs> from DC oh, Comics? To be that innocent. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> re- reviewing our scores though, Liam originally uh, on on the episode, uh man. I don't know what was happening here. I think I was. I think there was something seriously wrong with me this day. Um, uh, I gave animation the visuals a six. Oh uh, which you're look- probably
2: trying to be conservative for later episodes exactly. like I'm oh like- this can't be the best looking thing ever so i can't give it a nine like james is going to here in a minute <laughs> <laughs> on, james. Uh, but yes
1: I, I feel i feel like that and that's why we're back here revisiting these episodes do we agree with ourselves the answer is no i do not agree with <laughs> myself uh i i think i'd be pushing this uh towards a nine myself here so yeah i think there's one or two things where you're like eh but like it's it's really beautiful, especially that last sequence there. That last probably five minutes of the episode or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, and I gave it was it an eight, I think a five. I think it's an eight. Is it an eight? I'm pretty. I definitely did not give it <laughs> a five.
2: There's no way I couldn't have. Tell yeah. you right.
1: If only I had a device that could look this. Animation an eight. Okay. All right. Good. Just make- oh, yeah. I
2: forgot you guys put the scores in the yeah, description. That's, that's- if you, There's a little tip for you guys listening. Uh, you don't actually have to listen to the podcast <laughs> episode. You can just, just go to the description. Every you just day. want to yell at us <laughs> about what we're wrong about. Right. Yeah. As was- soon as you get past their official IMDb synopsis, then... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> just uh, the scores um, are all there in the notes wonderful. <laughs> okay. yeah so i gave it an eight i think i could sit at an eight just because i think as g- the first part of the episode has some cool visual stuff in it but it's not super visually exciting sure. as far as because there's just not that much action. Like I said, I think the the early stuff of Mamba is great. Him silhouetted against the building as he's flying through, and like I said, all the all the neat animation and camera tricks that the the when they're in the construction or the the building, the mm-hmm. unfinished building at the end and he's like sweeping up and down through all these metal bars of the, of the building being bit. That's really incredible. Yeah. Um, I think this was where I discovered my love of, of Batman, of the way Batman's cape is animated. Cape uh, movement. Hashtag cape. Yeah. Movement. Bringing it back. <laughs> um, so I can definitely be like, Oh yeah, that's, I know this episode is what kicked off me noticing that because in that <laughs> final sequence, it's just going crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, like it's in the wind there or something. So it's, I think that's, that's really incredible. And And the the visual nature of, of him like carrying Kirk wrapped in the bat cape at the end mm-hmm. it's like that's a great dramatic reveal for us maybe this goes back more into plot i don't know why he like covered him up like a bat mummy uh <laughs> yeah. he's not dead like he's just taking him in lay lame on the couch and leave I he guess. also
2: just goes to the zoo in hopes that francine <laughs> is there like i don't know where this guy actually lives so i really hope someone's next- here I- i've got a naked guy in my cape can someone help me please oh thank Stop god him off here <laughs> yeah. Off cage and- yeah he just no <laughs> nobody's there so he just leaves him somewhere (laughs) they'll find him in the morning
1: what could go wrong
2: but yeah how drunk did you get (laughs) i love that uh so yeah
1: i think i i think i'll i'll stick with an eight i think uh i'll stick with an eight i think it's close enough i don't disagree with anything either of y'all have said as far as uh uh, the nines or the would-be nine and james's official nine but uh but yeah, I think I think I'll stick with an a four. I think it's it's really strong, and uh, but a lot of it is in that in that last few minutes of that that chase sequence that I think brings it up beyond like a more average score for me. There you go. Any last notes, James? Are you ready to move on to music?
2: No, nine from me. The end. I said all <laughs> the stuff I like.
1: <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's move on to music, which is a Shirley Walker production, as we talked about here. Um, I'm going to start things off by saying I already don't agree with my original score. And again, I think it's a victim of, yeah, there's plenty more memorable soundtracks for Batman the Animated Series than on Leather Wings. Are you kidding me? We have the last laugh coming up here in a couple episodes, and that's The Goat. Um, so I gave music a three out of 10 for this episode. Wow. Oh and, boy. And that's like, I probably to date, I didn't check. It would take a lot of research to check, but if I had the to lowest. guess, that's probably the lowest score I ever gave music. But that makes
2: me. it sound like you're like, I hated this music. Right. It offended right. me. And I <laughs> I Nowadays, lost my husband or wife over this. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> Nowadays I give like, if music is just like a non-factor for an episode, I'm just like, eh, it's a five. It's fine. It didn't hurt me. It wasn't offensive. <laughs> if there yeah. was like bad music i don't think there's been an episode that i've said this is bad music no. but,
2: but the only time the music in this show is or any of these shows is like i don't know low score for me mentally is just if i didn't notice anything if i whether we have nothing to talk about about the music then i'm like right. oh well then i guess it must have been fine but it's never like you know some bad. sort of midi or something right. yeah just yeah, yeah.
1: It was Cal's lowest score for music until we got to Static Shock. <laughs>
2: oh, that's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good point.
1: That's one of maybe the biggest disagreements that we've ever had on our show is uh, my love. I've money.
2: come to appreciate the Static Shock soundtrack. Yes. As a kid, I definitely was like, what is this? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why like, are w- there lyrics to these yeah. songs? <laughs> well, it was yeah, it, it it was more of a like, like obviously, this show is intended for a demographic i am not a part of right. but at the same time don't have lyrics while people are talking <laughs> Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. Exactly. i don't if the style of music is not what offends yeah. me it's why are there people talking and there's stylistic
2: choices yes yes exactly
1: (laughs) precisely but yes uh, i already disagree with myself i think from the opening uh from the opening crawl there you get
2: uh, oh that's right we're not talking about static shock (laughs) not this
1: one for our our review of uh, static Static shack shack. yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's like go to yeah (laughs) static shack uh, but yeah I, I think from the opening crawl the title card you get uh, you get a hint of what this music is gonna be uh, man you get a nice little like what? James, you're the, you're the orchestral expert there. Uh-huh. What do we got? Some flute there. We got some strings. We got uh, some like, yeah,
2: main... I mean, it, it's, it's just, like I said before, it's like a great example of what the music of this show, I think it is supposed to sound like uh stylistically and the Fed just, I, I miss when everything had a live orchestra mm-hmm. uh, when they had that budget. Like even today, they don't have that budget. Like they mm-hmm. rarely do anyway. They'll, they'll record like main title themes with orc- real orchestras sometimes and then they'll go you know completely digital although today digital music is sometimes like really hard to tell the difference uh but i always think of it as like oh, i'm really glad that real people got paid to play these things Mm -hmm. instead of like play them once and play each note once into a microphone and then okay that's all we need you for for the rest of time right uh but you know it's all it's all none, none of it has been bad but i think i do think this episode's music was, is i i'm gonna say seven again i think it's on par with the story and being like it's a good example of, of that in this universe, but it's not the best. Like I, I cannot whistle you a tune from On Leather Wings, (laughs) but I can, I, I can appreciate the quality uh, overall. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't have a ton of uh, notes this time for music other than, yeah, that initial bit over the title card, I think is pretty iconic. The the, the, the little flute giving way into the strings and then the horn, the, you know, the, 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 deeper horns come in and you get that sequence but yeah it does kind of fade away and again that sort of sweeping music as he's as we see the silhouette flying over the buildings it feels like it's like we're building up to something like there's an invading force coming into the to the city of Gotham Mm -hmm. I think that's really neat and then yeah you get a lot of uh, it's like it's worth noting again in like production the first time we hear like the iconic Shirley Walker Batman theme he's just like driving the Batmobile like it's not right
2: yeah I I was gonna say with that is that nowadays if you bring in DCAU Batman into something it's like a requirement that you play that little riff Mm -hmm. when he shows up but at this point in time like they don't know when it's like significant or not to use that so yeah they'll use it in like m- either mundane situations or not even think to use it because why would you use it for nothing you know like right. j- oh a, a really cool thing is happening i'll write music for that now if batman does a really cool thing in fatal five or whatever oh it boom 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 oh it's yes, batman <laughs> like even though like there's no nothing wrong with that but i always feel like it's a little bit of a a not a cheat but like a i don't know uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> like a your shortcut yeah like a crutch I guess yeah that they that you it obviously does work every time I think but it's oh. it, here I do like a lot of the really big uh, moments that might today be scored with a repeat of the Batman theme over and over are now like, I do really like the swooping, it is, it's a sweeping melody as they are sweeping through the sky and all this kind of stuff where it goes, everything, every time that Shirley Walker is in charge of the actual writing, like composing of the score for an episode, I always feel like those are the best visual and musical marriages where like whatever's happening on screen, I can hear that in the music instead of just some stuff. So yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only other musical note that And I imagine we probably didn't go into heavy detail about that.
2: Musical note, you say?
1: (laughs) Ah! Ah. Uh, The other musical note that I'll mention is I think during the transformation, uh, as Batman walks in and as Kirk Langstrom begins to tell the Mm -hmm. tale of how he's become the monster, uh, how things he progresses and how he's becoming more maniacal and more Saturday morning cartoon villain, uh, the music sort of matches that and builds the tension in the background. And you start to hear the strings come in and things elevate elevate uh but yeah until he's fully transformed into the monster of course but uh yeah i I appreciate the fact that they were still sort of finding their feet here you're getting more original pieces um you you did get a little bit of the danny elfman batman theme too when batman shows up so you could tell they were still again trying to find maybe their identity for Batman musically in the actual episodes here. Uh, so that was interesting, but yeah, I disagree completely with myself would not give it a three. <laughs> if I had to score it again, uh, I think I would, I would probably be around the same score that you guys did. Uh, we'll make it sevens across the board. How about Just that?
2: times two or two and a half or so by everything that you wrote last time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Precisely.
1: All right. Well, that will move us on to our final category of the day. And that is going to be voice acting. Uh, so we have quite the roster of voice actors here. By the way, I don't know if we've ever pointed this out, but there is a Star Wars connection. Mm-hmm. We talked about Star Wars at the beginning here, but Clive Revel himself. Oh,
2: big, yeah, yeah. A,
1: a, a, a forgotten member of a star, of the Star Wars cast, written out by the special edition, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's all
2: connected, it. yeah. Yes, Yes.
1: he he finally gets taken. But uh, yes, we have quite the big cast here, Liam. Let's talk about this week's voice cast. That's right. Well, yeah, first and foremost, since you mentioned him, Clive Revel, not Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., is Alfred. Not my Alfred. (laughs) A
2: much more, like, cartoony over the top Alfred
1: instead of... Yeah, he sounds like he's just woken up every time he says anything
2: and i feel like he's actually british i might be wrong about that Mm -hmm. but ephraim zimbalist jr definitely isn't and he does has a much better accent (laughs) indeed
1: indeed i think he's from new zealand i think i saw that so okay
2: well there's at least some accent yeah
1: he's got an accent as opposed to as opposed to ephraim zimbalist jr yes uh, as as cal mentioned was the the og uh brief emperor cameo yeah. that we get in empire strikes back the
2: gorilla eyes or whatever he's got yeah yeah
1: so that's a it's uh, a fun little little trivia also there. a relic of the past no longer would you see that should you happen to uh to uh, <laughs> that's you know, right to <laughs> yeah. fire up Disney it's like Plus. a way too new version of like revenge of the sith palpatine yep. in that yeah scene. yeah he gone he raced from the archives so yeah so we have him again not a not a huge fan of mr Rebel. It, it's it's hard though because you have he had whatever three episodes and then he's gone it would be um, like somebody else being the joker for three episodes or somebody else <laughs> right being like if we heard him for three right. episodes. if we yeah. heard the original like tim curry uh, yeah. joker voice right. for those first like, few episodes this isn't the and voice. then it became and then it became mark hamill it would seem even more jarring than if you just cast tim curry is the joker and something like it was just- i'm sure i'm sure it's
2: public the re i don't know what the reason is why the alfred voice actor changed mm-hmm. i don't know if he left or if he was you know was fired or what i don't i'm sure you can find it somewhere but uh it, yeah it gives me the sense that he like oh this is a cartoon i don't i'm not gonna you know whatever he didn't mm-hmm. like have as much passion for it maybe because he definitely has a lot more goofy of an alfred voice uh than but at the same time i just watched the first episode of the batman the other day uh and it's not too dissimilar from this clive revel alfred voice (laughs) but i think it works a little better for jackie chan adventures batman than this batman so yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i think that's fair uh elsewhere in our cast of course we had uh at the time the, the first appearances in production at least of bob hastings as commissioner gordon and robert costanza as bullock i like it because we get to i feel like in the later episodes we see especially gordon is just like batman I, more in the more recent episodes we've covered it's just like batman just like shows up in the room gordon gives him some exposition and then we, he scares him to right and then he leaves yeah. and, and and gordon quips about him leaving without saying goodbye And so it was kind of nice to see this early in the episode where we see like a little bit more fire from both Gordon and Bullock, like they weren't quite as uh, relegated to the background as i feel like they become in, in in as the episode as the season goes on here so it's kind of fun to see them arguing back and forth which of course with of course uh, lloyd bachner as uh, mayor hill making a brief appearance as well mm-hmm. worst worst dcau dad mayor <laughs> hill that's, oh yeah by far that's yeah. gonna be the next discuss this league is a ranking, <laughs> DCAU a ranking dads of, the dads. of the worst dcau dads is also- mayor hill worse than dark side we'll find out one day <laughs>
2: Warren also- McGinnis floating somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah they're they're all fine I think you're right though I think that uh, that Bob Hastings gets a little bit more fire like he's got a little bit more excitement yeah. and energy in this that he gets to do in, uh, in in later episodes you know we get a couple of episodes where he is a little bit more of the focus um but you know it this is one of those episodes where it's like man I kind of wish we would have gotten a little bit more of this version of the character or additional additional larger parts for this character because he's so good especially in that helicopter scene where he's yelling at Bullock <laughs> yeah. um yeah he's he's so passionate and so fiery uh it's, you know it's a shame we didn't get get more of that but it's it's good yeah I think kind of like James was saying like he can't go off on Bullock like he wants to in the mayor's mm-hmm. office with the mayor and the DA standing there. But now it's just <laughs> yeah. them. Plus, now he's 100% sure that Bullock's wrong. So he's just yeah. so full of, like, righteous fury in that moment. And it's just letting him. <laughs> yeah, he's,
2: he's really well animated in there, too. They talk about on the uh, commentary for this episode about uh, Spectrum always being really attention to detail on little things that they wouldn't even necessarily put in the storyboards like gordon's glasses slip for a second and he pushes mm-hmm. them back up as he's talking and it's just like completely unnecessary to do but it adds <laughs> such a like okay. hurt you know the wind is blowing on everything everything everyone's in such a hurry that he doesn't he didn't have realized his glasses were a loose you know stuff like that so i I really love that moment, yeah. yeah. and it's nothing to do with voice acting, but okay. <laughs> yeah no,
1: but again, so it I make, yeah, it makes them feel like more like three dimensional real, real real cartoon yeah. people than, <laughs> yeah, just a guy who shows up to say, you know, to give Batman a, a location to go to or whatever that maybe he becomes in later episodes. And then, yes, of course, also Richard Mall, briefly as harvey dent as mentioned and as the back computer which is funny because does that just mean it was happenstance he like richard mullins of voicing the back computer for the rest of the series basically is it just happenstance like well he's on the call sheet for today and we need these back computer lines recorded (laughs) hey richard can you get in the booth and (laughs) yeah
3: yeah.
1: (laughs) i love the idea that he just like accidentally got himself a second gig on the show (laughs) and probably was a more regular gig than voicing 2 Face because two-faced in the grand scheme of things, he doesn't appear that many times in the series. Yeah,
2: yeah. The Batcomputer talking is always weird to me because I think it's more episodes that it doesn't talk. So whenever Batman's just like, "Hey Siri, where's the Joker?" and it's and it tells him, it's very strange to me. I, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, it is. It is one of those things. And I we've had this discussion before. And I think I think Kevin Altieri even mentions it on one of the commentary tracks of like, the Batplane always bothered him because it's like this weird retro 1930s world and then Batman's in a flying saucer (laughs) flying around gotham city and he didn't really ever care for that and that's kind of how i feel about a talking computer and in this weird 1930s world like it feels like everything should be coming out on like that long like ticker tape or like receipt tape (laughs) yeah yeah that's how batman should be getting his data not by a disembodied robot <laughs> voice telling him what's yeah. going on but uh yeah that's that is kind of a funny little bit that yeah just maybe out of this pilot and happenstance that's our that's our regular mm-hmm. back <laughs> computer voice from here on out uh then yeah wrapping up uh, we got our, our our villains and associations associates of the villain here we have uh renee aubergenois i'm gonna say oh. that I-
2: Albert Genois. I Albert figured this Genois. out recently. Yeah. Okay. Right.
1: Thank I, God James is on the podcast. I finally, say his name correctly. He's well, in I, a
2: lot of these I, shows. As a kid, I, it, I'm i not knowing any of this kind of stuff. I always said Auber Jonoyce in my head. And I'm like, I know that's not right. But then I, yeah, so when we first had to no say it, I'm, that's what it's like. But that yeah. is how my brain reads it every time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah,
1: of course, folks would know him from Star Trek, one of the Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. you know which star deep Trek- space nine yeah
2: thank you and he'll come back for like kanjar row and all mm-hmm. these other guys later yeah. alias
1: too as he yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's same. like
2: four people in that green lantern <laughs> <time>. <laughs> so, yeah, at least yeah. that's right
1: and uh, of course my my uh, preferred reference for him is boston legal but like uh, a fine procedural mm-hmm. television show yeah. <laughs> a great james does it hold up vehicle. don't know uh, yeah, that's a good question somebody <laughs> it's somewhere been somewhere there's a boston legal podcast right
2: now no <laughs> yeah question.
1: somebody is saying
2: renee aberjanois <laughs> 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 every episode that's right. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah, yeah
1: we have him again as we mentioned the the deeply cartoony over the top uh red herring would-be villain yeah. of our piece here along with his uh his kind of doting uh daughter uh that being meredith mcray as uh, as francine and then of course as uh as Manbat slash uh slash kirk langstrom himself we have mark singer um and like I said I think I think what we what we've already kind of talked about in relation to how it came out in the plot where you have uh Alberjeanois Mr Alberjeanois <laughs> yes, yes. as uh, as uh, as the red herring he's so over the top but it works because that's like an intentional misdirect in the story mm-hmm. and then later you have this very understated kind of you know you know gen- generic affable white man voice coming out of Kirk <laughs> yeah, Langstrom yeah. in his first scene and then, as he sort of makes this grand, you know, mad scientist speech at the end of the episode, as he's transforming, it's like, oh man, this guy's awesome! Like he's such a, he's such a, uh, he's really hamming it up there, and like in the best yeah. way possible. Because again, it's, it is, at the end of it, it's a cartoon that kids are going to watch, so it's great that he makes that transition, and you, you feel like the as much as the transformation is a visual, physical thing, his his voice changing so dramatically i think yeah. this is a good credit to, to I, singer
2: i also i like the the episode doesn't credit the sound the man bat sounds mm-hmm. usually there's some sort of frank welker or somebody in there like making all the animal noises but they don't credit anybody so i always like to imagine mark singer's just also in there <laughs> going Rawr! <laughs> all, it's all over the place just screaming, and they're like, Oh, okay, like that's how they cast him as the guy because he could do the best starling and brown bat combo sound. Yeah. He's like, How was that? They're like,
1: that's Yeah, a decent Kirk Langstrom for that, game,
2: okay? yeah. yeah. It turns out his his man bat sounds were actually terrible, but hey, welcome, Kirk.
3: sure, you can be a good Kirk. That's
2: also Richard Maul in the <laughs> as screaming. Very what a chameleon
1: uh so uh, looking back uh my original score and your original score actually Uh, were the same we both gave voice acting an eight for this episode i think mm. there's no reason to to change that i think everybody's pretty solid there was no performance that i thought was bad uh there were some good strong performances you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of uh batman uh dialogue you get a little bit in the middle but not a ton of batman dialogue you get more i feel like you almost get more bruce wayne Mm -hmm. than batman dialogue in this yeah uh so you don't have a whole sometimes
2: lot of- both at the same time because yeah, he's in the Batman costume. For, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: For him doing the Bruce voice in the bat suit. What's that's up, Doc?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey Doc. Uh do you have for me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just in the Batman costume. That's always right. the best part. Yeah. <laughs> Love
1: it. But yeah, I I I'd stick with an eight. I think that uh I think that that's a pretty pretty solid score for uh for an episode that didn't have an like an outstanding performance maybe outside of Bob Hastings I was gonna say yeah I think uh Bob Hastings and Robert Costanza maybe bumped this up a little bit more for me so I I might bump it up to a nine if uh if if we if this were an official re-review I might have given it a nine this week for just because I really appreciated their their back and forth and again coming into this as the first episode it's not like they've already worked together 15 times in the reporting booth like this is kind of their first outing here and it's it feels you feel like there's a lot of history and there's a lot of bullock needling and going behind gordon's back and and gordon's just had enough of it even though this is really our first time seeing these characters interact so i you know a real real strong credit to both of those guys there you go how about you what isn't
2: what's an official re-review you guys use this word official pretty willy-nilly well basically (laughs) what we're saying
1: is our our scores today we're not going to change our we're scores. not changing scores
2: we're okay changing. officially
1: okay. is it's the first review scores are our scores whether we like that or not but we need uh, a
2: wiki to keep track of all the different show <laughs> subtitles of, for the dca review before, uh, <laughs>
1: when you guys finally get done with that ultimate website that's going to categorize yeah year character we need you to start one for our show okay um it'll take me the same
2: amount of time yeah.
1: <laughs> you know we cannot pay you um, <laughs> but it would be great so <laughs> but uh, all right so but as we said james's scores since he's reviewing it for the first time on our show that's why james's are the official scores of this week's
2: show. oh okay i see yeah i i think i'm gonna st- i'm my very average feeling seven i'm gonna stick with for voices because yeah i agree that i don't think uh uh anyone had like a standout thing i do really like the bruce and batman different voices thing and it's rare that you see him use the i think it's here in heart of steel and um I can't remember. There's at least one other one. It might be like Feet of Clay or something where he's just in the Batcave answering the phone as Bruce Wayne in the Batman costume. Those are always my favorite because it just shows, like, even though Kevin Conroy is like his first voice acting gig and he's not very experienced, that he's just switching between these personalities. And it also kind of like pushes the whole, you know, oh, like Bruce Wayne is the fake, the, 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 not necessarily like who he is, but like the fake persona or whatever his public persona uh is is this like he's putting the voice on and when he because when he's by himself even as bruce wayne or with like dick grayson or something he's still using his batman voice that's just his voice or whatever he just has to pretend to be this much more like 70s clark kent bumbling idiot uh oh i took a tape of my chimney like instead (laughs) of we were following him do all these cool batman things and he's just (laughs) making this story up yeah I, I do really appreciate Rene Abergenois' performance, but I always love him in an episode. He has a very uh distinct voice. He's kinda one of those voice actors that like like a Phil Lamar or a uh I'm trying to think of another example. I mean anytime that the main like Justice League cast members do like a side character or something, it's one of those where like you can always tell like okay i know that's phil amar i know that's renee i know like every anything but i don't care because it's so good like it's (laughs) It's
3: yeah yeah
2: michael rosenbaum can't hide his voice very well but he has a lot of range of different characters and so it's the same thing here is like renee can be a a very evil sounding guy or a very stoic sounding guy or a very like over-the-top goofy cartoony sounding guy so like and as 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 i found out by watching freakazoid so can david warner apparently is oh. doing uh ghoul and then he plays the lobe on freakazoid <laughs> which is just a guy with a huge brain for a head and he's doing these like ridiculous <laughs> things and so i <laughs> i'm like oh i never expected that that guy would have that kind of <laughs> ability or whatever but, yeah <laughs>
1: tremendous a freakazoid reference uh, (laughs) only fitting on the very first episode of batman the animated series of course right Uh, yeah the the more well-known bruce tim project Freakazoid.
2: (laughs) yes of course everyone knows that one the most the most well-known amblin entertainment property uh, steven spielberg yeah
1: production there we go all right well uh yeah i guess uh james can you do some quick math and total up your scores for us i can do that all right cool uh so while james is totaling that up uh i will just say that yeah it's it's interesting i think that with the benefit of hindsight our scores would have changed it probably would have given a little bit uh, i definitely would have been a little bit higher it seems like you're right around the same maybe a a point or two higher but i would have been probably significantly higher than our original scores of 23 and 28 out of 40 so Mm. that's the original scores mine 23, Liam's 28. Uh, James, right. what you settle on
2: my, my, I have a, a clean 30 here, hey, and I, I think nice. that's out of 40 that you guys yeah. do, right? Yeah, Correct. so yeah, I, I would, I would say if I had to, like, if I was just going off of the, t- the, if you gave me like what do you get to give this out of 40 for whatever reason Mm -hmm. then i would probably give it higher than 30. it'd be in the like 35-ish more range because it's still for me it's just one of the best episodes of any of this But I I I don't think uh, that's anything to sneeze at (laughs) at (laughs) thirty. No, no,
1: no, absolutely not. And we always we you know we started one of the things we started doing that we didn't do in our original reviews was talk about rewatchability. Like when you sit down and you've already mentioned it, so I kind of know where you're going to go with this. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to sit down, you're going to do a watch through of just Batman the Animated Series or the seminal episodes of the DCAU. What episode is this? An episode that you would give two thumbs up to to say, yeah, this is definitely one i would recommend to somebody or i would have to sit down and watch or is important enough to the entirety of the dcau and being the very first episode of batman the animated series production order uh i think it's i think it's uh, yeah that's two thumbs up you have to watch this one regardless of the fact that you know it's not really a large impact to the dcau as a whole long long term but it's it's important it's the first one you got to right. go with it so yeah. and I think James really nailed it when you said like it's a good of estimation of like what they were going for as yeah like, from the the mini movie thing to the you know the to the, the aesthetic of the way thing the characters are introduced when they come on the screen for the first time and and some of those things before they maybe had a more stock style that they settled into certainly when you get to where we are in our in our modern reviews mm-hmm. where we've been to like we're getting into like sideshow where they're where you get like the real square jawed batman and then the back half of those you know yeah the adventures of batman and robin episodes so it's fun to kind of go back here to where it wasn't completely ironed out and yes there are there some like issues that come with that where you go oh this got better over time or this makes more sense or they utilize this theme differently than they would later on like like you were saying james But at the same time, you also go, oh, it's kind of fun to see it when it's not quite so like perfect and everything's not nailed down. And, you know, yeah, I mean, like outside the lines a little bit more here.
2: Yeah, the spe- the spectrum episodes are some of the best, but they also have the big like Hawkman beak-nosed Batman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then and you know, a handful of other things that they really honed in later, but I do think that this episode is a, a very good example of the whole like Gotham City is a character kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh and and yeah, it it's definitely on my I'm going to sit down and watch a random Batman episode. What am I going to watch like high up on the short list cuz it's it's it, I don't think it loses, uh, like, I'm depressed that I didn't get to watch, like, time to watch it today before <laughs> doing this. Like, it wasn't like, a, oh, I got this, I can do it kind of thing. Like, it may have sounded like I was saying earlier, but it's more of a, I, 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 I want to watch this episode any chance I get, and it's almost, it's it's almost like they set the bar too high for themselves at the start like they they get such a good one out the gate so quick and then they have to live up to that and they only manage to do it in my opinion a handful of times after this uh i do sometimes on purpose go watch a bad episode or you know one that's not as strong even in like like the other day for whatever reason uh i just i was just by myself to eat lunch nobody like the kid was asleep i was just sitting there and I put on *Eclipsed* from *Justice League* like on <laughs> on purpose, <laughs> and, I, and I, because it's sometimes that's it's fun. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes it's fun to just watch one that's like it's not super great but it still has its moments of like "Ah, I remember being a little baby and watching this you know that kind of a deal so I yeah I really love On Leather Wings for so many reasons uh I will never be convinced by Brian that it is a bad episode (laughs) Uh, and I know that he just says that to make me mad because he I I think he just doesn't remember it very well because it was the second episode we ever watched on the right. podcast, but I, it, it's, it's definitely one that like you guys going back to watch these rewatch these and re talk about them. Uh, I've been trying to figure out the best way to maybe like do a like top 10 revisit or something like that and mm-hmm. see like, to you know, Oh, let's just get, you know, a, a, an afternoon where we just watch all of our top 10 episodes and just talk about them again real quick, because I, I think that it Brian deserves to see this one again, to really like get into it more than he has. So, right. yeah.
1: Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, that will begin to wrap things up for us here, James. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, on this very special
2: episode. I just realized my zoom name still says guests later i, did, yeah. <laughs> that's what I had on there for <laughs> for the uh, stream we did the other day so yeah. well that's a great segue into letting us
1: uh, <laughs> let you plug all of your stuff uh, as we mentioned at the top uh you and maddie and ted working at uh, watchtower database mm-hmm. uh, you guys have so many so many amazing projects and stuff that you guys have been working <laughs> on it's been fantastic to see uh and and uh and and you know, we'll watch from afar, but, uh, I know that <laughs> you, you, you folks have some stuff that's on the horizon stuff. He you, you mentioned that the Zeta month is coming up for all yeah. those, for all. And we know how many Zeta fans there <laughs> are from our Zeta reviews. All 12 of you <laughs> that are Zeta fans, uh, have been clamoring for this. So you, you have the opportunity to, to take part, but uh, not only <laughs> that, but the, the jump on the Batwagon podcast, go ahead and plug, plug away, James.
2: Sure, yeah. The main thing, of course, is Watchtower Database. Uh, I hope you guys have gotten a chance to catch the Batman and Harley Quinn yeah. Will It Cannon video. Uh, that and the two lead-ups to it have been the last year and a half of my life of just filming that. And, 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 and I say that with the caveat that we were also researching and writing the scripts and everything for years before that, because right. COVID delayed everything and all these things. Um, Those have been our biggest projects uh, recently and the ones that I'm the most like both it really excited for people to finally see and so relieved to not be working on anymore. (laughs) Uh, Because like if you have caught those, there are some high end special effects going on that I am teaching myself how to do in the moment and i <laughs> some of them are i've known how to do already but the others are like 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 i we had godzilla mendoza uh do an animated character for the courtroom mm-hmm. uh that was like just all this stuff that like on paper would sound like uh james please never attempt this why would you do this but <laughs> but we did so i yeah i'm very proud of those um every we'll be going back to in case anybody has been watching that stuff and is a little bit like I don't know put off by having to watch a movie surrounding the topic that they're trying to (laughs) learn about uh we are going back to a more back to formula kind of uh revisionary way of doing things um, after the after zeta month has wrapped up because that is our actual finale secret spoiler cool thing real finale um And that even that, like, you know, it's the Zeta project, say what you will, but it's also we've never covered anything on the Zeta project, basically, other than having Bob Goodman on the 24 hour stream. So the the, just finally talking about this has actually opened my eyes to a lot of really cool topics and and appreciation for the show that I didn't have before and doing all again. I'm insane and doing all of these <laughs> it, removal of body parts and things like that for this costume that wow. we have for the Zetas and everything. So anyway, please watch Zeta Month if you're <laughs> listening to this. Uh, it's coming up very soon in November. I don't know when this episode of the, oh, this is coming out in like three days. So yeah, you'll you'll see it. Uh, and yeah, go watch the Batman and Harley Quinn, Will It Cannon, Pretty Please. We put a ton of work into that uh, and stay tuned for all the other videos and stuff we have going on. Jump on the Batwagon, like you mentioned. Uh, is our current podcast. We have another one that we've been trying to start for forever. Uh, there's the this, this set for it right behind me, this table <laughs> and chairs, uh, but it's it's that'll take a little bit of technical working out. But um, yeah, Jump on the Batwagon is me and my friend Brian uh, going through the entire DCAU in air date order. Uh, I want him to watch it the way a child would have had to watch it growing up, watching it such as me. Uh, so he's going to end up seeing, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this because I'm about to say a spoilery thing. Uh, he's going to end up, this has been on my mind a lot lately. He's going to end up watching the censored cut of return of the Joker. And then two years worth of DCAU stuff later, he's going to watch the uncut <laughs> version. <laughs> <I> <laughs> so, love that. Yeah. So- and I'm trying, I'm going to try really hard to not <laughs> let him know that there's a different version of the movie until we get to that. And it was like, I thought we already watched this. Well, <laughs> yeah. Very different in this yes. one. <laughs> he doesn't slip on a banana peel to die in this <laughs> right. version. So, yeah. Love that. Uh, Yeah. That's been really fun showing him everything for the first time. And uh, it's a a lot different of an experience, I think, than doing something like this, where we probably have more to say about every frame of this episode than when Brian and I talk about something. But I really love seeing his reactions to things, not knowing a single thing about Batman other than the like, you know, most, you know, uh, surface level, all Americans know this about Batman kind of stuff. Uh, And... Uh, I don't know why I said Americans, <laughs> <laughs> that's America's Batman. Yeah.
3: <laughs> People,
2: human beings. But yeah, just, uh, it, it's really cool to see what, what he latches onto and that kind of stuff. So if you're, if that interests you, if you're listening, you haven't checked that out, uh, head over there. It's also on the pod tower, like you mentioned, which is where all our podcasts and stuff happen. You guys got paid your like $4 the other day from oh, pod we- tower ad revenue. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's why
1: Every week we didn't even say it this week but the imdb synopsis official synopsis is sponsored by <laughs> the pod tower
2: oh hell yeah that's the, that's part the unofficial is. part <laughs> okay, okay we have well, that's unoffic- the unofficial <laughs> official
1: sponsor for the official imdb
2: all oh, right that all makes sense yeah
1: yes So yes please go over subscribe to uh youtube.com slash the pod tower also it's is it still dcau watchtower is everything is uh yes is
2: everything except it? the youtube channel is at DCAU watchtower the YouTube channel is slash watchtower database which is what I wanted everything to be but somehow that was taken on half of the social medias already oh, so I anyway I <laughs>
1: you know, was witness problem if I recall
2: right? yeah <laughs> probably yeah.
1: <laughs> all right well yeah definitely uh, as, as we said we're big big fans of uh of these these folks so you know we love everything they're doing so thank you <laughs> yeah please please go support them they support us us a lot they they love
2: us and uh well i don't know if we, we try no we they <laughs> I, I, yeah, love We try to love you no we we try to support you guys as much as we can because there's not a ton of uh specifically dcau content creators and so right. yeah. if we ever become friends with any of those then we try to like do you want to be part of the thing kid can you, <laughs> you want to join the community yeah the that we, we are somehow it. heading so, right. yeah. That's right. yeah. so uh yeah join
1: join in with us please uh tw- tweet these these data boys and buds over at a dcau watchtower please yes uh, so thank you. Thanks for being on, James. It's been yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, we appreciate you taking the time, especially between your editing and being a dad. And <laughs> dad
2: by day, Batman by night. That's what my yeah. shirt says. At least
1: that's what the <laughs> shirt says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We will. Uh, we look forward to having. We may or may not have more members of Watchtower Database on. Later. Yeah, we
2: haven't officially officially figured that out. yet, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I do hope that they can join you for something. Yeah.
1: Us too. But uh, if not, we were proud to have james on thanks again for coming on and we will definitely have you on again in the future probably for uh, another another
2: 128 week. episodes from now yeah yes, right? whatever
1: now is yes right yeah exactly <laughs> all right perfect all right james thanks a lot bud thanks man. yeah thank you awesome liam uh, what a great time having james on You're the best man so 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 great uh, having him on and uh Again, follow those uh, those folks over there at uh, at Watchtower Database. They're doing a lot of good stuff and uh, great source of knowledge for for all things DCAU. A lot of things we refer to them uh, when we're coming up with uh, with some some factoids and yeah, stuff. As I was so. gonna say, and if you are if you are the perfect age like I am for like the era of YouTube creators creating their own lore mm-hmm. uh which i certainly am if you were into like the the channel awesome stuff in the in the early 2010s nostalgia critic and Linkara and all those guys mm-hmm. seeing watchtower database create their own little wacky cosmic storylines and then focusing it still around the topic that's you know and, and speaking so knowledgeably about that topic at the same time is so cool and yeah i'm so uh, it's so it's so cool to know uh, to know james maddie and ted and to uh, to occasionally i just want to say by the way i can say this now i think uh i knew about zeta month like a month before any (laughs) of you guys did Uh, (laughs) he's got the inside track that's right that's right i was uh, i was texting with james about something Pod Tower related, I think, and uh, and he mentioned that uh, mostly because I think he wants us to do some Zeta reviews next month <laughs> to do some some Pod Tower synergy, some synergy. And I was like, well, it's a Superman month; we need stuff to do on the off weeks. That's we'll that's see. It. We'll so, see. No commitment. I love it. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yes. As as far as that's concerned, uh, don't forget also to support us while you're at it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCAU Review, Instagram as well. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Give us a five star review if you can uh, and then if you're on apple Podcasts, leave a little blurb about what you like about us That helps us out a lot you can also use the link at the bottom of our anchor page that will uh, go ahead and uh and uh you can support us financially if you wish uh, or you can head over to dcaureview.com and click on our store tab and uh, get yourself a piece of merchandise but liam we will be continuing here with our month of re-reviews next month Uh, greatest hits re-reviews whatever you want to call them with uh with another batman the animated series episode as we'll be doing all month long and uh we're gonna leave it a little bit of a surprise so you won't know necessarily which one uh maybe check out our social medias if you want a little Mm -hmm. spoily spoiler this week but uh if not you'll just have to tune in next week to hear it absolutely cal looking forward to it and definitely want to hear what what folks thought if you were unlike us were brave enough to go back and listen to our entire original review uh <laughs> versus uh versus what we said today and of course with james uh, chiming in uh so so well as he did i'd, uh, I'd love to hear what people think if does this one that you go back to very often we didn't do a traditional uh, rewatchability discussion because again we are rewatching it already so it seemed <laughs> a bit redundant but uh but yeah we'd love to hear is this one of your go-to classic episodes of a btas or of the the whole dcau that you will uh, constantly go back to we definitely want to hear from you either on our instagram or our twitter both of which you can find at dcau review that's right can't wait to do another one of these next week liam but until then i'm cal and i'm liam and we will talk to you on that next episode of the dcau review bye-bye